Welcome to the Impact of Educational Leadership Podcast with ID3 for Isaiah Drone III. This show was designed to provide an exclusive forum on educational achievement gaps related to learner success while discovering relationships and family issues in a diverse setting. All right, good evening. This is another night, impact night of, of the Impact of Educational Leadership. This is episode 52. I'm your host, ID3 for Isaiah Drone III. Tonight's panelists are Ernest Krim III, Bill Betson, Charles Bixi Cardwell, and Latane Phillips. Gentlemen, please say hello to the people. Hey, how you all doing? Great to be here. Yeah, Bill oh, Betson here. Great to be here. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, tonight's topic is a sensitive one, and that is, what are you teaching your students about the 2020 elections? Many adolescents, especially those raised in economically disadvantaged environments throughout America, lack equal opportunities in regards to educational materials and facilities. Schools in urban areas have limited funding for the general necessities such as books, computers, and instructional media, which create challenges to obtain better test scores to go off to college. Adolescents in academically and economically disadvantaged communities have a deficiency in key building blocks necessary for their positive youth development. The majority of research to enhance positive youth development programs are spent in the suburban schools, in the suburban communities where the money is. Teachers of the future will need money from the government to be both technically and tactically proficient. Tonight, we will engage in a conversation about what are you teaching your students about the 2020 elections. First, we have here a dear, dear friend of mine, Charles Big C. Caldwell. Please say hello to the people, sir. Hello, everyone. I'm Charles Big C. Caldwell. Glad to be on board tonight. Thank you, IPP, for this opportunity to to spread my point and views from my perspective of of America and, and, and how this 2020 election can and will affect us. Absolutely, absolutely. Let me tell you a little bit about Mr. Charles Big C. Caldwell. Uh, he's a motivational speaker. You can even reach him out at his website, uh, www.adolescence2adult.com. Charles Edward Carwell is happily married to Robbie, one daughter, who graduated from Prairie View A&M University. Charles is a retired Air Force Master Sergeant of more than 25 years. Prior to retirement, he served as a superintendent of the 624th Air Defense Liaison Element in Japan. He is a highly decorated airman. He's received the uh, MS 
M Award, four combination medals, one joint service combination medal, and five, that's right, five Operation Iraqi Freedom, Operational Enduring Freedom medals. He is what we call tabbed out. He is also the director and the founder of Man Up University at Mansfield ISD. Uh, he's a member of the Mansfield ISD Leadership Committee and Mansfield ISD Back to School Bash Committee. Even though Big C is wearing many hats, the ultimate goal he has is to serve others. And he serves them in, through entertainment, and he informs and encourages the young people, especially the young men, how to become better and successful adults. And he has mentored kids uh, with mentors, mentorship programs with the NBA Hall of Famer, Sidney uh, Moncrie, and also he has mentored kids with the legendary Hall of Famer, Evander the Real Deal Holyfield. So tonight we are just privileged, we're privileged to have you here, sir. Uh, so my question for you, uh, sir, is uh, what, what are you doing to prepare, because we talked about you mentoring, what are you doing to prepare your students for the, the 2020 elections? Uh, what I'm doing to prepare my students for 2020 election is encouragement. You know, um, I like to speak about uh, the difference between the privilege and the right. You know, one of the most important rights we have in, in America is the responsibility as a United States citizen is to vote. There's approximately 150 million people that are qualified to vote in America, but many don't take, don't take advantage of it. We don't, we don't think it's important. You know, we let it slide. And voting has a lot to do with what America brings to us, what it brings to the table. As you said previously, a lot of the teachers are going to need money from the government in order to subsidize the people that are in the suburbs, uh, kids that are in the, in the not economically uh, successful as others, their parents, uh, you know, not making as money as other kids. And so, you know, when you're in that environment, you're going to slack. You're going to, you're going to fall short. You know, you're not prepared for the ACT, SAT because you just not offered the material. They can't, they can't give it to you. So when you vote and, and you bring somebody in the office that's looking out for everybody, just not a certain level. Now you're, you're creating an opportunity where you could have a better life and a better future. You know, I like to talk a, a second about uh, voting. I'm going to tell a historical story. Every vote counts. And a lot of people might not know this, but in 1845, there was a vote to either allow Texas to become part of the union or not. And Texas was voting in 27 to 25. If one other person would have voted against Texas not becoming part of the union, it never would have happened because a tie would not have given me the authority to become part of the union become a state. As we very know, I live in the state of Texas. Texas is a great state, but one vote could have changed that. That's the importance of voting. And, and I hope my young, young, young brothers and sisters out there, young kids, don't care who you are, 18 and above, you need to realize the importance of voting. Voting will create opportunities for you and will people in, put people in positions of authority that are looking out for you. So know the person that you're voting for. Don't just vote because you're the Republican, the Democrat, or Independent. Don't vote because you like what that person is wearing. Do your homework. Do a, check that person's bio. Check that person's history. And then you go look at their background and see what they've done and what they stand for, and you choose which one you think is best for you. That way we can help make this world a better place. You know, we have a, we have a, we have a good life here in America. We have what we call privileges, and we do have rights. You know, a privilege is a certain entitlement that we have but they can be taken away. 
I'd like to speak about that. Let's just talk about our people, uh, me as an African-American, not being biased at all, but I'm just going to keep it real. Most of us are raised in, in, in a deprived area where we don't have the economics that everybody else has. Okay, so you know we have the privilege to vote, but we don't take advantage of that. Same thing back in the day when we had to ride at the back of the, of the bus. Okay, when we had to ride to the back of the bus, everybody protested, right? Now we have the privilege to ride on in the front or the back. Where do we go? We go to the back. We have the privilege to vote, but we don't vote. So my brothers and sisters, if you listen to me today and you hear this broadcast delayed, if you 18 and above, go out and vote for whoever you think is going to help make this, this world a better place, especially here in the United States of America. I'm out. Appreciate your time. Wow, that was amazing. That was amazing. You know, I like the way you talked about the diverse background in America. You know, America is really a nation of immigrants. I mean, even, even when America was founded, and it was founded on the possibility of a place where immigrants can come to, right, and start over. They can come to and build. They can come here and raise their family. They can come here and start their own community, you know. And, and so, but the thing about it is, you know, the communities have to have, all communities have to have a fair shake in the deal, you know, to have and experience the American dream. And so we need strategies. We need strategies. We need strategies. Strategies are important. And this is why we have the panel that we have here tonight, because strategies are so important. We need strategies to become more um, involved, uh, more civically involved in our communities, in our environments, so that we can promote peace and we can go out and vote because we need to know who we're voting for. But how can we not, how can we know who we're voting for if there's no teacher? We need our teachers to start showing our students who are the candidates, not who to vote for, but teach them who are the candidates, what are their names? You know, what are, what are they doing? What, you know, what's the importance of them holding this seat? We need to put the name with a face <laughs> and we need to put the face with a job description. And so we're talking about rights here tonight. We're talking about teaching our children how to vote in this 2020 election. And this is why we have uh, my next guest here, Latane Phillips. Sir, Mr. Phillips, how are you doing this evening? I am great. Thank you for asking. How are you? Wonderful, wonderful, sir. Let me tell you a little bit about Mr. Latane Phillips. He was born in San Diego, California. He attended University of Southern California. After graduating, Latane served his country in the United States Army. So he's also a veteran as well. And he was stationed in Virginia, and there he not only served his country, but he also served the church as a youth pastor. Uh, Latane has worked for uh, three Fortune 500 companies in the upper management level. He's been a regional human resource manager as well. He has a long list of accomplishments that he has done, uh, not only in the community, but in, in the nation. Uh, he has uh, started a nonprofit, but he got to start working with uh, Hunger Busters. Now, Hunger Busters, for those of you that don't know, they are the uh, organization that was responsible for feeding over 350,000 students, not once, not twice, but annually. This accomplishment granted Mr. Latame and his cohorts an award 
From the mayor, uh, Dallas Mayor Mike Rollins, he recognized their efforts and named May 23rd the 145th day to recognize the 145,000 students uh, with the Dallas ISD that were provided uh, their third meals for today. You have done so much. Uh, you wear so many hats. You're your executive vice president of development for hunger busters now and you first start off working with them and then you you just you know moved up through the ranks uh from hard work and now you're in uh philanthropy and you're still heavily involved with uh the community you have worked with uh the texas mayor star council uh you've worked with uh, tedx and and frisco uh, and so you're also a father full-time and so, sir, we thank you for what you're doing uh, at home and uh, far. So with that being said, with all the responsibilities that you have, with all the many hats that you wear, you are a man that knows about rights. You're, you're a man that knows about equal rights and equal opportunities. With that being said, how important is this election, sir, to you? That's my question. How important is this election to you? Well, thank you for the uh, illustrious introduction. You make me seem you sound a whole lot better than I really am. But uh, in terms of your question, this election is tremendously important, not from the macro perspective that most of us take. So typically when there's a presidential election, you know, people were saying this is the most important election and, and we get we kind of get behind certain candidates depending on our political affiliation. But what's more important to me, and I think more citizens should, should, should look at, is your local elections. So in my lifetime, I'm 41 years old, and it's, it's been equal. There are 20 years of my life there have been a Democratic president, 20 years of my life there have been a Republican president. And if we look at issues that were going on in the 70s, issues that were taking place in the 60s from a national level, they're pretty much the same. Um, you know, you got people still fighting for equal rights. There's still issues from a housing perspective, equal pay, so on and so forth. However, cities that have progressed, they've progressed based off the local leadership. So what's important to me and what I tell every student that I come in contact with, my biological children and any other, any other child that I come in contact that I would consider to be one of mine, um, and then, of course, adults, is you have to, just like Big C said, you have to find out who your local candidates are, find out what their thought process is, what are they going to do. So take, for instance, the, you, know, you, you have your county commissioner. It's a very important position, but I, I would challenge most voters to ask them, what does a county commissioner do? You have so many county court judges and their thought processes in terms of, you know, if someone's 18 years old and they have a misdemeanor, you know, what type of punishment should be there? Your district attorney. And there's so many other positions uh, that are coming up this November. And then also, like, two years prior and two years from now, you have, you have the mayor, you have the school board, you have city council, all these different positions that play a more significant role in your daily life as a citizen of Dallas or in the Metroplex. So with that being said, that's why it's important to me because there are key positions um, that will affect my daily life more than a presidential candidate would. 
Mr. Latankov, that was a wonderful response. And when you were speaking, I heard so much. I heard so much in what you were saying. And to me, it's aligned with the historical roots of, uh, I mean, basically, that's still dictating our current policies and our current debates. Like you said, we're still debating over something that was a, a major issue like 50, 60, 70 years ago, right? And so now it's like we're, we have gone back in time, as you, as you will, to a, a age that we thought we had uh, progressed from. Right. And I heard you talk about the, the micro system lens and that, you know, yes, that's good because, you know, we should be uh, worried about the American culture. But, you know, does America really have a culture? Right. Because it's so diverse with the many uh, nations that America represents. So how can it really be a an American culture? I mean, there are so many cultures in this mix. So it's a melting pot. You know that. But um, it's still, especially in the southern United States, it's, people are still, uh, for some reason, they are still having the perspective of the uh, plantation economy, right? And so, and what I, what I mean by that is, you know, hard work is you going out and sweating, but, you know, and then there's a separation there between the people that uh, are working hard and standing uh, certain neighborhoods uh, like plantation work and then the ones that you know use their minds to work and they have they, they work in a different area so you know I'm, we're going to have to bring you back because I want to pull more from you uh, in, in that regard but I, I love your, your, your response I love your answer to that question it was uh, dead on and, and with that being said uh, we have our next panelist here I am so thrilled to have him here as well uh, he is he is no stranger to the impact education leadership and that is uh, mr bill Benson. how are you doing sir no it's very good to be here it's an honor yes sir it's an honor to have you here uh, you know real quick let me tell you a little bit about mr bill Benson. mr bill Benson is a premier youth advocate uh, this man has been in the trenches for over four decades uh, this man has done so much uh, not just for his community but for Dallas, uh, Texas, uh, Arkansas. He has he. This man doesn't mind getting his hands dirty. Retired social worker, uh, but now he's a, a full-time grandfather, right? And uh, after graduating from the University of Dallas, he has <laughs> how many years? Well, eleven grandkids. <laughs> My goodness, he has eleven. So he has a lot of love, right? And he has worked for seventeen years in the child abuse investigation agency. He has masters. He has a master's in the uh, yes. He has a master's in science of social work, and he has worked 11 years in open, uh, probably 12 years now, 12 years in open adoption uh, with uh, many uh, faith-based organizations, from the Lutheran Church to the Catholic Church and their agencies. He is a happily married man. He is he has retired from teaching. I think it was computer applications. Is that correct? Correct. <laughs> he had to come back to the school district and start a campaign called the Time Capsule Project. And he has this, his project in, I don't know, how, how many schools you have it in now? Uh, 30, 40? We're in 20 schools? schools. We're in 20 here on the south side of Dallas. And with that being said, my question for you, Mr. Bill Besson, is how can the leaders of this nation, okay, better portray themselves moving forward? That's my question. Wow. Boy, now that is 
<laughs> that's going to take some honesty and some transparency that uh, unfortunately has not been uh, common enough. But uh, uh, critical things. Uh, yeah, a couple of questions you asked before. You said, why is this election important? And I dwell on that. Uh, I read an article today. Our nation's international reputation has never been lower in recorded history than it is right now. And if anything gives you an idea of how important this election is, that statistic should. We have a lot of work to do. And so, uh, you know, that is very critical. And one of the things I've been thinking about, you say, why, what message do we give our students about elections? And the one I give them that I think answers the question you presented is that this decision must be yours. Uh, I tell kids up front, I will never tell you who I'm voting for. And the reason I won't is because this needs to be your decision 100% free, unaffected by how people are voting around you. You need to make it your decision and embrace it. And teaching computers, I showed kids how to find information online. That was a preoccupation of mine. And so I want kids to be able to find what they are looking for and the values they want to have and really to plan their own futures. That was part of the time capsule project. Kids taking ownership of their own lives and their own futures and voting is probably the most crucial message we can pass on to our students at any point in time. And I'm, to the extent that I feel that I was positive or uh, successful in that, I feel very satisfied with the years I spent as a teacher. It, uh, it is powerful work. It is work that is urgently needed all the time in every culture. And uh, we really have a lot of work to do with our students to help them achieve more closely what they're fully capable of because uh, their potential is phenomenal. Absolutely. Mr. Bill Besson, as always, you give us a a seasoned response uh, with a lot of wisdom and you I, I hear your heart uh, what you say uh, and, and what we're talking about in, in this topic and so and it's aligned to what Mr. Tane Phillips said and Mr. Charles Big C. Caldwell said as, as well and, I, I don't know as you were talking I kind of felt the um, I, don't, I don't know why I felt this but when you said take ownership you know I've, I've been seeing a lot of um, motivated um, uh, election uh, strategies that has been uh, around religion, right? It's been motivated around religion. And so it's, and it, that's a smart strategy to use because, you know, when you start talking about uh, or connecting your vision to people's belief system, then you got them sold. And so, you know, I, I just, you know, you know, when you have people sold with their beliefs, it, it's kind of hard to get them to change their mind once they have their mind set on a, a, a target, right? And so we're going to really, really, really need uh, teachers to come in and just really educate 
uh, the people in the community, especially their students, about this election. We're really going to need it because when a when when, a, when an election is motivated by religion, then we have another <laughs> challenge that we have to kind of navigate around and navigate through. So with that being said, I want to thank you for your response. And I want to bring on the next panelist here, who I'm very excited about as well, and that is Mr. Ernest Prim III. How are you doing, Mr. Prim? Hey, I'm doing phenomenal, brother. Thanks for having me tonight. Sir, thank you for being here. Thank you for being here. Let me tell you a little bit about Mr. Ernest Krim III. He is an award-winning educator, activist, author, public speaker, cast member of the PBS documentary, Divided We Fall, and author of Black History Saved My Life, whose goal is to use his life experiences to inspire others to fight injustice, educate and empower themselves, and resolve conflicts appropriately. He's a Chicago native, and he's from the John Lett residence whose social awareness increased after he pursued and obtained justice when he and his wife were the targets of a hate crime that went viral in 2016. Sorry to hear that, Ernest. And since then, he has committed himself to speaking publicly about issues and uh, about social injustice while also advocating for equitable legislative reform. Oh yeah, you, you, you're in my alley right there. Reform in the Chicago area. Uh, I, I heard about uh, Mr. Ernest. I actually saw him on uh, social media speaking uh, for, some, for some other delegates. And I, I loved his passion. I loved his insight. And I, I loved the way he was motivated. And I loved his discipline. And, and very organized when he speaks. Uh, you know, a lot, some people, you know, aren't as organized when they speak. And so I saw this mixed with his commitment. And I said, listen, I got to connect with this brother right here. And we got to do a project together. So uh, that's why I got you on, on the podcast. And I, I thank you for your humbleness in, in joining us tonight, sir. <laughs> uh, I appreciate that, sir. I appreciate that. You, you really made me sound better than I am, man. <laughs> no, I... Um, so I, I think for myself, in terms of this election, I want to echo some of the points that some of our previous speakers made. And I think that we really have to start to look um, look locally first. And I will say that because if we look at this from a perspective of just personal growth, um, it's cool to criticize things on the outside, but the world doesn't really change until you change yourself, you know. So we have to begin to look at what's going on locally. Whenever something happens nationally, let's say if we're talking about the George Floyd situation, you know, there was a lot of anger and frustration that I had, but I, I started to think, how do I know I don't have a situation like that happening in my own community? Who's to say that there's some uh, video footage that has not been leaked yet that has something similar happening? So we have to first, I think, look within, because in my town, where I'm at in my county, our uh, local voter turnout rate is about 12%. And I know this personally because I ran as a write-in candidate last election, and the, the turnout is abysmal. People don't really show up. We show up more for the presidential election, although it is important. It does not impact us on an everyday basis like who our mayor is, who's on the city council. So I'm hoping that when people go out to vote this November, um, especially in my town, our local election is next April, they'll begin to get more engaged and find out who their local city council member is 
find out who the mayor is because I think that's what happens. We have to outgrowth from that. Um, and just in terms of voting, I teach my kids to look at, look at, again, look at your community. What do you need? And who is out there that best reflects that? What candidates fit that mold? Send them an email, question them. I always try to phrase it in terms of saying, if you're at a restaurant and you pay for something, you order something, you pay for it, you're not going to really want to pay for your food if you're not actually getting what you ordered. So your taxpayer money is already going to be paying for this person. So you need to make sure that your taxpayer money is working for them. You're paying for their salary. I'm an educator. We're educators. Like our, our, ch- our children's parents pay for our salary. So don't, don't just give away your vote unless you, you can guarantee that you're getting something in return. Like if there's a 12% voter turnout, there's a lot of people out there that can actually select the better candidate. But the candidates aren't going to, aren't going to be leveraging their attention towards those people who aren't really paying attention to them. The amount of people that go to local city council meetings is low. It's abysmal. We need to start paying attention to that. And one of the things I, I've been doing since I started teaching, every election, I try to re-emphasize uh, the importance of voting based on the issues and not just voting based on who you think you're aligned with or what you see in the media, because sometimes that can, really, uh, that can really fool you. So what I tell my students is we're going to do an election, but your vote is going to be based on how you side on this test. <laughs> and there's a test that these kids actually take. I believe the website is called isidewith.com, and they'll, take, they'll uh, answer a myriad of questions, and then it will tell them based on the candidates. And here's the kicker, though. It's not just the main two candidates. It's actually uh, like the top three or four lesser-known candidates from maybe like the Green Party or the Libertarian Party, and the, and the kids will take that test, and their vote will be cast based on that. And, this, of course, we know in this country um, a third-party candidate has a, a, so it's a long shot. It's really not happening. But it's, it's to open their mind and let them know that you don't fit into, in, into this mode of black and white because whenever these kids take this test, most times they side with the candidate they don't even know. So I want my kids to start thinking outside the box because if you start to think that way, then you might begin to think locally and say, well, if I think that way about the president, what might I think about the mayor? Because in our town where I live now, they, they don't have political parties. So you don't even really know for the people who might just go and vote and pick a D or R, that doesn't work in city politics. In my city, you have to actually know who this person is. So again, and it's something I actually learned from uh, Dr. Claude Anderson as well, going back to, my, to one of my initial points, we have to make sure that we're getting something from this. So uh, pressure them, talk to them, email them, let them know who your name is, let them know that you have a group of people that you can influence. Because again, if they're not guaranteeing something and you already voted for them, then you, to me, your obligation is to not give them that vote again because it's currency. And, you don't, and if you're like me, you don't like wasting your money with anybody unless you're getting something back for it. That was that was oh absolutely that, listen that was wonderful that was a wonderful response and uh, we're, we're about out of time but before we go let me let me kind of come in on that uh, a little bit about what you said there because you talked about what I heard was assets you know and you need you know before you vote you need to know what does this person have as far as assets and how those assets going to contribute to what you need and what you're doing and so that's the impact on uh, voting. So voting should not be controlled by, I'm going to say this two times, voting should not be controlled by microaggression. Voting should not be controlled by microaggression. It could be, it should be controlled by what you have studied and what you have researched about what these people are contributing uh, to society, you know, and so, you know, with that being said, because I I know uh, the area you are from in Chicago, 
Uh, sir, you have seen so much, and and we really need because I mean, come on, let's just face it. Chicago has been Chicago and Detroit, you know, have been you know two two of the most talked about cities within the last decade, and so you know this election is really really going to have impact on what's going on in your city, sir. You know what I'm saying. But anyway, with that being uh, with that being said, <laughs> with that being said, what what are the takeaways tonight? Who wants to go first? You know, I'll go first. This is Latame. I, I, I just want to say that um, I think that it's important from, from a collective standpoint that we're not individual voices, but we find a way to unify. Unify in a way where we say, hey, even though this is my important issue um, and you have an important issue, let's figure out how we can work your issue or my important issue together to get something accomplished as opposed to me fighting a battle on one side, you fighting a battle on one side, and our resources being stretched in so many different directions that things don't get done. So like when it, when it comes to education, when it comes to all sorts of things that, that need to be done, I think it's important that sometimes it's okay for me to say, you know what, I'm going to work with you, Big C, on this issue. You know, I, I, I'm going to work with you, I see, you, you know, on, on this issue, Mr. Drone. That way, let, that way things get done, and then later on we can go back and pick up my issue or your issue or, or, or whatever cause it is that we, that we decide we want to work. I'd like to put my little two cents in as we close. Um, you know, every every person that's spoken, I had some very interesting, you know, uh, views about their perspective of life, about politics, about voting, and what we're trying to do in this melting pot to try to help make each day better, how to try to make America better. And you heard me speak about privileges. You know, you have privileges, you have rights. I'd like to keep it short. You heard me say privileges can be taken away, but can't nobody take what you know. So the importance of education, we really need to push to our youths. You know, once you get that education, I don't care what happened. Once you learn a certain thing, you learn the experience of life. You know, you know, experience is the only situation where you get to test for the lesson. When you gain that experience, can nobody take that away from you? So we need to, to be enthusiastic about reaching our students, you know, getting our kids that are 18 and above the boat so we can push the importance of education and gaining knowledge, experience, and wisdom. I'll go ahead and well, go. I, I think that I just wanted to reemphasize the point of, again, starting locally. If, if you are concerned about your local elections, then I think, again, that will, it will be a natural outgrowth for you to care about your state elections then in the um, presidential election as well and make sure that when you vote that you're you're bargaining you're you're getting something in return um like a previous speaker said voting blocks get groups of people together think about forming a political action committee um they'll pay more attention to you if you're actually giving them money directly you know it's, it's a game at the end of the day so find your way to leverage your power your might find out what you want advocate for it as best you can and um pay attention to the issues and understand that when you vote for somebody, you're not just voting for that person, you're voting for the issues and you're also voting for um, judicial appointments and things of that nature. So we really have to self-educate ourselves because speaking from experience as a, a history teacher and former government teacher, we focus a lot more on the federal election, not realizing how the local municipalities affect us as well. 
Uh, this is Bill, and I agree with that 100%. And the other point that, as a takeaway, the most important thing is attend those campaign meetings where you ask the candidates questions in public, because those questions not only affect the candidate, but everybody who hears them, and they are important. So I think as much of that as you can do, the better, the more, the better. Well, listen, I'm so delighted we are out of time. We are done with this this discussion. I'm going to have to bring the gentleman back on another episode. Uh, but this was another impactful night of the Impact Education Leadership. This is episode 52. I'm your host, ID3, for Isaiah Dorn III. Our panelists tonight were Ernest Krim III, Mr. Bill Betson, Mr. Charles Big C. Codwell, and Mr. Latane Phillips. Good night. Welcome to the Impact of Educational Leadership Podcast with ID3 for Isaiah Drone III. This show was designed to provide an exclusive forum on educational achievement gaps related to learner success while discovering relationships and family issues in a diverse setting.